Hey everyone, this is Casual Fanatic. Film reviews without the shoes. I'm Luca, your casual viewer. And I'm Cayman, your fanatic. What's up? Why, hello, hello. How's it going? Man, it, it's going crazy, bro. Crazy. Going crazy. So, yeah, the, so the reason, as the viewers don't know this, we were supposed to record this morning at one point in the morning. We didn't really discuss the time, but I was at a like a bonfire last night and I was leaving like around, um, I would say around two-ish, nice, maybe a little nice. earlier. Um, but on my way home, I was riding my motorcycle, right? Yeah. And my the GPS in my helmet said, make a U-turn. And I was like, what? Why would I make a U-turn? And I've, I've never driven from his place back to my place not on a highway because I don't want to do highway driving at, at yeah. 2 a.m. Actually, I don't want to do that ever on that motorcycle. Um, but basically, like I pulled my phone out at a red light and I, like looked at it and I like looked up and then bam, fucking the light changed green like immediately. And so I like rushed, put it back in my pocket, stalled my motorcycle, restarted it and, and like drove off. Yeah. And I got on the highway and bro, about I don't know how long into the highway I was, but I realized my phone fell out of my pocket. Oh, no. Yeah. So. I like immediately turned around. I thought I lost it where like I thought I put it back in my pocket. So what happened was I'm guessing is I put it back in my pocket. But what felt like my pocket was actually the outside of the pocket. Oh, I see. And like I just like, you know, hardly like it felt like it was in there. And I like like because I had my gloves on. Right. So yeah. I can't really, you know, the dexterity is gone and basically got back home at around like three, three thirty ish in the morning. So you found um, it. And luckily. Yeah, bro. So the first time I went back to the place where I was at my buddy's house, yeah, um, I used find my iPhone on one of their phones. Couldn't find it. It was off. And I was like, well, I guess it fell out of my pocket or like a car ran over it or someone like just turned it off. Um, and then I like went out again, came back and my buddy was like, look, I'll, I'll go out there and like help you try to look for it in my car. I was like, all right, cool. So we did that. And then like we went and like walked it on the on ramp and with lights with like flashlights couldn't find it and then we walked back to the car and I asked his girlfriend I was like hey like do you mind just calling it see if, seeing if it rings and it rung Whoa. and so I, on her phone I did like the find my iPhone and we found it and it was about half a mile into the highway on the right side of like this barrier and like my buddy and I we like ran out onto so the like highway shout out Eric off on the side um, like not in the middle of the lane yeah, it wasn't on the middle of the lane, luckily, because it, it fell out of my right pocket and I was in the far right lane. So I'm guessing it just kind of like slid and like, you know, bounced. And but yeah, shout out Eric and fucking Morgan. You guys yeah. are the homies. But yeah, I, I literally was like, dude, this is like, it's, it's too dangerous us walking out here on the highway and it's just not worth it for my phone for us to risk our lives. For sure. Honestly. <laughs> um, I keep my phone but, in my left pocket, so I would not have that experience. <laughs> oh God, yeah. No. So now I'm going to do some research at one point and get a phone mount for my motorcycle. So I don't have to like pull it out of my pocket and put it back in my pocket, that kind of stuff. All right. All right. Yeah. But nothing crazy happened to it. Like this, the case is a bit scuffed. Um, my no screen protector was completely intense. shattered. Okay. Say what? I was going to say no, like super intense scratches or anything. Like no, that. not, not really. Nothing crazy intense. Like there's like this little dent. Cause I have like that metal phone. There's like a little dent on it. Um, and then my screen protector yeah. Had like on the out exterior of the screen protector, it was shattered. But this morning I went to T Mobile, they changed it right away for free, and here we are. 
<sighs> so that was a, a four minute bit. and 30 second story. <laughs> what have <laughs> like you been up to? Tiny little crack uh, on the side of my screen protector. And if yeah. you like look in certain light, it like there's like tiny little spider webs that go all the way across the screen. But like on oh, a day-to-day so basis, I, I can't notice it. So it's not that big of a deal. I, I couldn't do it. That's annoying. I have like a like a lifetime plan for screen protectors on this phone. Like if I want to go tomorrow and just change it because I can. That's nice. It's, it's very nice. I yeah. haven't I have an extra one because it came in a, a pack of two. But mm-hmm. I just I feel like I don't want to replace it. And then something immediately happened to the new one. So I'll give this one a yeah. little longer because it's not bothering me that much. Yeah, I feel you. Well, what have you been up to, man? Um, Mostly work, but had a few doodads i suppose um on friday we went to uh work out with um one of elena's friends i mean i guess at this point he's he's just as much my friend as he is elena's but (laughs) met him through one of elena's friends so it's like elena's friend's friend originally but um his name is mario okay and uh me and Elena and her friend Astrid went to work out with Mario uh, at his gym in uh, Fayetteville, which is like a an, a little less than an hour south of us. What the fuck? Um, that far for a workout? It's not that far. <laughs> an uh, hour? Elena goes to school there, so back and forth to Fayetteville is like, we do that quite often. Gross. It's like... Well, how was your workout, though? 45 to 50 minutes. Okay, okay. Um uh the but oh what i was saying so mario is like like um he does like powerlifting competitions and stuff like that so he's like oh he's a he's a big guy um he i think because he the routine that he had us doing was uh we did some deadlifts and then we did some squats and then we did some curls and this man was deadlifting like i want to say over 500 like he just kept fucking putting shit on that bar. And I was like, God damn, like you're going to run out of space. <laughs> oh my damn. That's insane. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but at, the, so honestly, the, the deadlifts, I feel like I didn't feel them initially. And it, because I don't know it, I felt a lot like in my back and I was, I'm always a little nervous when like I feel my back during a workout because i know that's like it's really easy to fuck up your spine so um i'm usually a little more careful with with workouts like that yeah um and then the squats were were pretty difficult they weren't like super hard but they were i definitely like they were intense but the fucking curls at the end really fucking got me my arms are still sore and like it hurts to extend them all the way (laughs) like i have to keep my my elbows bent a little bit Oh god, that's that means you overworked. You did and too then, much. Um and then yesterday, um, we went and played some beach volleyball. <laughs> so it got even more of a workout in. Damn, bro. Well, sounds like you uh you're gonna get fit. <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Very nice, very nice. Um, well, besides our, you know, your workout endeavors and my losing the phone and refinding it endeavors. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Uh, today we are going to be talking about the new M Night Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin, uh, which came out about a month or so ago. I don't know why okay. I can never find the exact release dates, but came out a little while ago. Um, yeah, obviously, like I said, directed by M Night Shyamalan. Um, 
It was also written by him and Steve Desmond and stars uh, Dave Batista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Rupert Grint, Abby Quinn, Kristen Q. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, Nikki Amuka Bird and mm-hmm. some other people. But those are the main. There's what six, seven, seven characters pretty much other than like A background few. people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a. Let's see here. Estimated budget twenty million dollars. Really cheap movie. Wow. Um, <laughs> and they made about fifty four point seven million worldwide. Not bad. Not bad. It's uh definitely didn't make a whole lot of money off that, but you know, I mean, still double in some. I mean, yeah, but too bad. the the budget doesn't include how much they spent on marketing and all that stuff. So that's that's very true. It probably, probably made only. Then what 20k or 20 million i mean yeah if that if that, um oof. but yeah um i don't know how familiar you are with the work of m night Shyamalan, but nope he uh he has quite uh an extensive history uh hmm. some of it really good some of it not so good and really we'll discuss i suppose where this one falls on that range but um do you know uh the sixth sense i don't but i've heard of it yeah it's a it's a very famous movie from 1999 uh he did that one he did um unbreakable uh, mm, the yeah. village um he did devil which was like a horror movie on an elevator or no he produced that he didn't direct it i don't know either okay, so way he's... he or maybe he it looks like he produced most of i don't know no, he did not. He did not direct Devil. Okay, but yeah, he he has uh, usually I won't say always like horror movies, but he tends to lean more towards the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but he his like big thing that he's known for is always having uh like a big twist at the end. Um, so like obviously, uh, spoiler for the Sixth Sense, but like the the whole movie is about this this little kid. And this guy discussing uh, the the kid has like a weird ability to see uh, he can see dead people. And there's like this whole thing going on. And he's like, I don't want to say partnered up, but he's like talking to this this guy for the whole movie. And he's helping him do some stuff. And at the the very end, uh, he figures out that the guy he's been talking to has also been dead the whole time. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a little little weird. Yeah. (laughs) So do do you like scary movies is that like your thing um not really i don't usually go to horror movies now yeah i know you really don't like them yeah i'm just like i don't know like whenever i want to watch something i i want to like feel like a certain type of satisfaction at the end and i'm just not the person that horror movies do that for i gotcha every now and then like i can really appreciate things that happen in the movie um and or and or how it was filmed or like the the thought that went into it but most of the time, I just think that it's a little bit cheesy. And I like I, I don't think I'm ever like actually scared in any of them. Yeah, it's just I, I just get bored maybe because I know like the typical scenarios that could happen in my head. Yeah. And one of them is going to come true. I, I will say I I don't think as far as Knock at the Cabin goes, I don't think I would necessarily qualify this as a horror movie. It's more uh, of like no. a, like a thriller, I guess. 
Yeah, it's like not a like a thriller. It's not like a, oh, there's a monster coming to get you. It's just like some weird shit's happening and it's kind of tense. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. It's definitely not a horror movie. It's more of a, a thriller type movie. Um, but I mean, if if we go into what we think of the movie, um, honestly, I if I want to rate it out of 10, I would probably give this one like a four. Yeah. It just didn't it didn't do it for me. It was honestly, I watched it and then I wanted to play like a video game after and I and I couldn't play my video game the way that I would usually play it in the same headspace because I was still in the headspace of the of the the thriller. And it just it just didn't work for me. It just I, like I literally had to stop playing my game and go like sleep. Bit. Huh? It just messes with you a little bit. It does. It does. And I think the reason is like it's it's weird. Like while I'm watching it, I'm not scared at all. Nothing. It just doesn't phase me. Yeah. But I'm so emotionally connected that like it I don't know, my emotions are different afterwards. Like I'm not scared during the movie, but I just feel not good, right? I gotcha. And I had incredibly uh like intense uh, vivid nightmares when I was younger where I had and, and even I had the last one I had of this I think was junior year of undergrad where I would have nightmares but I'm awake so it could it would happen to me at any point like I'd be the last one that happened I was driving home and it's like as if I snap and I'm, I'm in this like day nightmare and I'm no I know like I'm having a nightmare but um yeah it's just it's fucking weird but yeah the, my opinions is like this movie was okay here and there were really cool shots. It was an okay idea, but nothing that would wow me, in my opinion. What do I, what do you think? Um, I think it was um, pretty good, but not as good as I was hoping it would be. Mm, okay. Um, I feel like it definitely, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit more in spoilers. Uh, but I feel like. Like I was talking about earlier, because it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, I feel like I was expecting some big twist, but this movie kind of it's is makes it impossible. Like there's yeah. there's no way for anything unexpected to happen because the film really just gives you two options. And so you're like, okay, one of these two things is gonna be what happens. Gonna, right, so. right, right. <laughs> they literally say in the movie, like, this or this, and I won't do this. Like And cool. so yeah, I there. I mean, I guess he could have had like some random crazy thing happen at the end there, but mm. um, yeah, yeah, it just didn't uh, didn't go that way. Right. Okay. Uh, well, let us go ahead then and step into the boxing ring. Well, um, last time. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> I don't have the right file open. Give me one second. All right. All right. So um, last time you went first, and then I went second. Okay. Let's do it. Um. So you said it's you said it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. I think. Wait. Two and what was the last thing that we recorded? The new one. Oh no. So and we uh, did the new John Wick last time. I think I go first. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Um. Did I write it in? Yeah. Okay. It's my turn. Let's see. Um. While a family of three takes a vacation. At a cabin, at a remote cabin, some choices are going to have to be made while strangers visit them in order to stop the world from ending. Stop. Yeah, okay. that's my thing. Um, I'm going to say um, a, a family's vacation is interrupted by four strangers uh, who force them to make an impossible decision. All right. 
That was good. That was good. I should have mentioned that there were four of them. That's important. All right. Let's let's see the real deal. Uh, while vacationing. Oh, hold on. The whole website just reset. Okay, here we go. While vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Mm, okay. Uh, right off the bat, I got... You got I think remote you got, cabin. I got um, remote cabin. I got apocalypse. Yeah. Um, but I did mention four strangers, and I did say... Uh, this says unthinkable choice. I said impossible choice, I think. But I also didn't yeah. mention the apocalypse, and you did. Um, I don't know. I think did you, you may have gotten a few more details then because you also mentioned the young girl specifically i think as well yeah so i think i think you might win this one it was close but i think i i think uh, i if looking at it here i think i only specifically mentioned two things and i think you specifically mentioned three things okay i honestly don't remember what i said so <laughs> uh all right i don't remember the deets but i mean well i'll take it i'll take the dub Up to um, you. yeah Good all job. right cool Hell yeah, man! Finally, fucking after how many movies, man? You've won I'm sure before. It came in, I'm sure it came in over there. Is like, I'll oh, just give him this one. It's okay. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna take a little break, and then we'll come back and get into spoilers here. All right, let's do it. break over and we're back I don't know what that noise was. i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, you're breathing in hard there bro it's like the air i was gonna say spoiler time but um had to announce that the break was over before we say spoiler time so yeah well with that being said this is the spoiler section if you don't want the movie spoiled don't listen nice. all right um all right so i guess i'll, I'll go ahead and um yeah, it, it mentioned it in the in the letterbox description, but um, obviously for those of you still listening, you've either seen the movie or don't care. So um, basically the entire like th the, the thread that the movie hangs on to is are these four people telling the truth or are they just crazy? And that's what I yeah. was trying what I was trying to say earlier, where like they there's not really any room for something unexpected because it's like well i mean either they're crazy or they're not those are really the only two options <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's a i don't know it's a hard choice right like you can tell that these people are extremely serious about it yeah but at the same time it's so fucking crazy yeah and they do like they give a like i, I this is the thing that i think i really um one of my biggest i guess uh problems that i had was I wanted it to be because I had heard before I saw the movie. Um, so, I don't even remember where I heard it, but someone had had said that oh, the movie like keeps you guessing the whole time, and you like never really know what the truth is until the end. And I just felt like that wasn't really true. I feel like the first half of the movie leaned really hard one way, and then the second mm. half of the movie leaned really hard the other way. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like. The choice was given, but the whole time, it may have been like the way they were acting or the way that the couple, one of the couples was coming off. But like, I, 
I think the whole time I knew that it was a legit thing that was happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, it feels like it wouldn't be as interesting of a movie, I guess, if it was just for crazy people. But also, right. I'm sure there would there's there is an interesting way to write a movie like that because people write movies about crazy people breaking into a cabin all the time. Oh, yeah. And it happens in real life all the time. Like like they said, they they were like, um, what would they say? Something about them being like in a crazy cult, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or that like you guys just reached out on a Facebook group and like, you know, lo and behold it just yeah, happened the, to click yeah they do give like a couple little hints towards the beginning of like oh uh, well because the like one of the big questions is like well why why did you guys pick our family um and they right. they find out that one of the one of the four people um had an interaction with them uh, like I, I don't remember how long ago but years ago a few they, years back, like yeah. had a big bar fight because this guy was like um super homophobic yeah. yeah and so um they were like i you guys are just here to to torture us because we're gay and blah 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 and then later on in the movie there's even a part where one of them is is like well yeah he did uh remember he he on the on the forum that we were talking on he mentioned a cabin and then after that then we all started having visions about the cabin and it's like one of those things where like you can't mm. really tell how much of it is legit them having visions and how much right. is like uh they were just like feeding off of each other's like craziness and just like adding things to their vision that weren't really there in the beginning right yeah fueling each other kind of thing yeah like you, one person might and this is like a thing like one person might remember a detail right and they would say it out loud and then the other person's like yeah i remember that too but yeah. it never happened yeah um yeah no you're, you're definitely right the, the movie does play with like that a lot of like i don't know like being crazy versus like how how do you br bring across a crazy truth to someone to someone right yeah. like if there's something so crazy out there like dude I, I don't even know what would like like the apocalypse thing right like yeah. i have a vision i never believed in god but now like it, it happened right yeah. like how do you bring that thought process across to someone without literally sounding crazy or like yeah. cult like yeah it's crazy i don't know if um, you were in that situation that they were in what would you have done like what would you I mean, have thought? i feel like they they could have started out a lot better showing up to someone's house with a bunch of like giant makeshift yeah. weapons is not not a good way to get someone to be on your side very true not a good sign <laughs> yeah that's probably not not the best way i mean the way he started talking to the the girl the the, the child at the start yeah. was very you know that was the right way to approach it, I think. Yeah. And you get because um, we find out about halfway through the movie that like he's a teacher. And so you mm -hmm. can see how he out of all four of them, it feels like he is the one who is most um, like um, aware of what's happening with the little girl. Uh, her name is right. Wen and is like always trying to be like conscious of where she is and what she sees and doesn't see and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Yeah. It was like an interesting start though with when and the older man. It yeah. was a little bit weird. You know, the storyline could have gone so many different ways. Either like he's about to kidnap her or Okay, so the the four people are Leonard, who's played by Dave Batista. Um, and then Sabrina is played by Nikki Amica Bird. Uh Redmond, played by Rupert Grint. 
and Adrian, or Adrian, I don't know. Ad- I think it's just Adrian. I don't remember how they pronounced it. Uh, played by Abby Quinn. Man, poor Rupert. His his role was over so quick. Yeah, it was. Who do you think um, had the best acting, I would say, out of the four? Um, I mean, it, it's hard to say because they ha- all had such different roles. Um, I think... Okay, okay. I think, think that Ben Aldridge, who played Andrew, did a really good job. Um, I agree. He was a buff guy, right? He was the the more aggressive of the couple. Oh, you think him really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um. But yeah, D- Dave Batista also did a really good job. He played Leonard. He's the the big guy. Yeah. I think I think he did the best. I think that um. No, Dave Batista is a really um, good actor. I like him in everything that he's in. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm thinking of the four, right? The four, um, what you call it? What are they called? That was revealed at one part in the movie. Oh, I mean, at one point, um, Eric, the other the other guy, says that they like are supposed to represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The four but yes, yes, that yes. doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Wait, why not? Well, because he he mentions what it's like. Um, they're like. Um, one's caring and nurturing the anger, other one caring guidance yeah. and healing um, for health. And, and healing yeah but like those those aren't the four horsemen <laughs> wait really no <laughs> the four horsemen of the apocalypse are are they're bad things one of them is like famine one is pestilence like they're they're literal like things that bring the end of the world with them mm. not like maybe it was like a, a twist <laughs> maybe it was like the evil things but like backwards but then one of them was still like anger and that's not a good thing i mean he could, him, his could be emotions i don't know he wasn't that angry the whole time yeah but that's what they said he represented oh, okay yeah i think i mean you could tell he was british he was trying to pull off like this uh weird southern accent but here and there you definitely yeah. heard his his british accent come through and i was like i Bro, think it's uh, definitely um i don't know why i feel like for some reason uh British people, when they're trying to imitate an American accent, they always go for Southern. Like, I don't know, maybe something about the the drawl of it sort of makes it maybe a bit easier than like a like a Midwestern accent or something like that. Yeah, but even like a regular drawl, he couldn't get down. I mean, yeah, but it wasn't it, it wasn't uh, like in your face. Mm, no, I, I mean, I guess I was listening for it just because I know of his, you know, Harry Potter career. But yeah, yeah. Um, I will say I did like that because this movie is rated R, um, but I feel like it's mostly for language. Um, I, I guess also for violence, but I, I guess I was expecting yeah. it to be a lot more gory, and it really wasn't. Most of the uh, like the scenes that you would expect to be gory were kind of like happen off screen. That's true. Like when he when they like would hit him, you, oh, you'd hear the sound, and then like you would see the the drop yeah. of the dead guy. Yeah. Um, there was also uh, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan had a cameo, which he does in all of his movies. Oh, God. Um, you probably don't know what he looks like, so you wouldn't have noticed. No. Uh, but no. he was he was one of the guy. He was one of the people in the uh, the infomercial on TV. I think they were selling like an air fryer or something. OK, wow. Yeah, that's such a small detail. I didn't see it at all. <laughs> yeah, I remember the scene, but I don't remember their faces really. Um, that's pretty cool though good for him he's kind of taken off after um uh, what was his name fuck for the for the uh, avengers and all that stuff who what the cameo that would always pop into all of the marvel oh um you're thinking of stan lee stan lee yes 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 
do I mean do a lot of people do cameos? Is that like a thing that movies have just because? Like if you know, um, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like um, uh, oh. there was a. I mean, we talked about back when we did um the uh Glass Onion. There was a lot of cameos in Glass Onion. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's just fun to be like, hey, we're just gonna have like a small, like maybe thirty seconds up to like five minutes i think is like the longest cameo i've seen but it's just like you just yeah. bring in someone that people recognize and be like hey look at them they're in this movie but they're not like really in the movie it's just like for a little bit right i was like oh cool thanks later yeah. <laughs> okay so what are what is your opinion on the flashbacks that we had here and there like one of the flashbacks was them adopting the little girl in that little hospital and yeah. there was another flashback with um the parents them driving for seven hours and only staying 45 minutes and leaving. Yep. Um, and I, I think there was one more, like the bar scene that was obviously a throw, like a throwback. But what do you think of those? Like just randomly in the middle, it went um, back. I kind of like the format of it um, because okay. I feel like it. I wouldn't have liked it as much if it was like all of the normal stuff, normal stuff, normal stuff. And then halfway through the movie, we get to the cabin stuff. I like that it starts immediately with the cabin stuff and then they just like sprinkle the other stuff in there. Right. But at the same time, I feel like I didn't really get anything from the flashbacks. Like that's they, what I'm thinking, too. They were pretty meaningless to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I understand one of the flashbacks was like, I mean, most of the flashbacks had to do with why they were so protective over or I guess not protective, but defensive over being gay right yeah, and i think it's it was totally just like to establish their relationship yeah maybe maybe i mean you could tell like oh this is when they were adopting the girl they were like oh this is blah 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 he's my wife's sister, uh, brother right yeah and then there was the scene with the parents they obviously didn't approve of him being gay and then there was a scene of the bar fight which they you know obviously got into a tussle because they were gay well and it and also whole, i think go ahead i was just gonna say and i think this ties back into their main story of how the producer is trying to get the audience to connect the two of like, no, they are right. Like this is just a, a gay hate crime. And you know, these crazies are just here to do harm to these yeah. people. Well, and I think it's, it also is just to like help build an emotional connection with them. Uh, because that like, if you see all of these scenes of them, like adopting a kid together and going on their first date and all of this stuff, then it like, it helps you care about them more so that it it's more uh it's more emotional when bad stuff happens later yeah but but did you get emotionally t connected to either of them i i mean as I, i'm i'm like not an emotional like person super, i really didn't no yeah. i feel like it and what what emotional connection i did have i already had from just the cabin scenes i didn't need the extra ones right 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 yeah you can tell like how much they loved each other how much they loved the girl all that stuff i don't know i um, just wanted to see what you thought about those flashbacks yeah and i will say going back to the acting for just a second um i'm not not saying that he did a bad job uh but jonathan groff who plays eric um mm. i feel like i i don't know i just couldn't let go of like how recognizable he is which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because like rupert grant is also recognizable dave batista is also super recognizable i feel like they were able to disappear into their characters a little bit more whereas mm. jonathan groff because that i mean i only i only have seen him in two other things uh he 
played he played the king in in the Hamilton musical um and then he was the like evil CEO guy in um Matrix Resurrection and I feel like those are such um like boisterous roles and they're very like um I don't know, they're just like very flamboyant, like theater kid kind of roles where it's like, look at me making a big scene and everyone looks at me and I'm doing this thing. And I feel like it it didn't, I, I, I don't know, it, I couldn't connect with him trying to do a more subtle role here. Like, mm, okay, everyone else felt very like down to earth and realistic, but I feel like sometimes uh, he felt like he was still being like big, like, um, like showy, flashy kind of acting. I mean, I can see that for sure. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't pay too much attention to that detail, but here and there, I did kind of get a weird vibe whenever he was, you know, doing some of his parts. I don't know. Good, uh, good, good um, observation. Yeah. Um, what did you think about all of the, uh, all of the like news stuff on the TV? Dude, I, I honestly was not a fan. I think they could have done a much better job. Um, I don't know, I guess with $20 million budget, but like, I don't know. I feel like him like timing it was weird to me. I feel like if he would have just turned on the news and just kept it on and like they made it their no decision and then like, it was they kind of weird that talking. he like kept turning it off and on again, but I guess you don't right. want the TV just running 24 seven because that would be annoying. Right. But you can like mute it and then unmute That's it. True. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Like, yeah, but then if, they would have had to like animate whatever's on that tv the whole time in well, the background yeah, come on you have you have enough people to put some bullshit out there like i don't know i think that's like my my one grudge with with those news scenes is one they weren't as realistic as i wish they would have been yeah um like like the the footage with like the big wave like you're never going to be able to get that footage right like that dude is dead and the yeah, phone that, is done I, unless he was literally like live broadcasting yeah yeah sure (laughs) but if that was just like someone taking a video on their phone there's like you're not recovering that phone especially right after it happened like (laughs) how did they already go in there find that phone take somehow get the footage off of it like minutes after the wave hit yeah like that's something that i wish they could have like improved on um but yeah i just i wasn't a big fan of the timing i think if they would have just kept it running in the background and then, like, if they made the no decision at one point after they would have, you know, continue having some dialogue. But then at one point, bam, like the fucking disaster hits and like they're, also they're watching like, it live. I know, obviously, like, I'm not saying no one would do this because the like, uh, like fight or flight. And then there's like also the the freeze option that no one talks about. And some people like when they're in right. a stressful situation, they do just like freeze up and don't do oh, anything. Yeah. But I feel like wh- going back to that, that wave footage see this giant wave and i feel like 90 percent of the people on that beach just stood there and watched stood there. it and yeah. they didn't start running until like the last second i'm like if i like does no one on the beach know what a tsunami looks like like if i saw that happening i'd start running immediately yeah where would you run to you think also because behind behind them was a, like they had to basically climb stairs to get back up the top yeah where the houses were and there was a big ass rock on the left yeah where would you have gone i i don't know because obviously the wave was bigger than the rock. <laughs> right. So it's not like you can go up on there. I guess I would just try and get as far away from it as possible. And hope yeah. that as it crashes through giant rocks and buildings and stuff. That it slows down enough that it doesn't get me. Yeah. I don't know. I think 
Hmm. I think I would have ran to the rock on the left because one, it was closest to you. Two, that wave was already on their ass. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to sprint all the way to the back of the beach, up some stairs. Like, there's no chance. I think the best chance I would have had is to go to the rock. I don't know. Like, didn't it rock. knock the rock over? Like, you would have just like, been took crushed the top out of the part rock. Off, maybe, but I feel like that's the best life chance I've got. <laughs> um, and also, I feel like um, this is small detail, but they didn't show the water receding, and that's like number one sign of a tsunami is if the <gasps> water like all of a sudden just disappears you're like okay that's bad run yeah <laughs> that is true like honestly if if a kiddo would have been like i uh, there was this one news story like way back when when that happened and a kid yeah. started yelling about like two tsunamis coming yeah, and she, she saved, had like, like just learned about it in school yeah yeah and she saved like hundreds of people's lives yeah just with that knowledge right and here it's just like they're playing all of a sudden this fucking massive wave comes and like there's still people in the water just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a flaw. Good, good observation. That's, I don't know. I also, I gotta say, I, it was so ridiculously cheesy to me with the freaking the planes falling out of the sky. Oh my God. Like yeah, it just would, looked so silly. <laughs> it was so bad. They, I don't know why that was the thing that they thought of to, I, I don't know. Well, and that's also that's the point where they like they really throw it in your face, like the 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 earthquake in the beginning and then the like disease that's spreading. Both of yeah. those things, they're able to right. be like, oh, well, the, that disease has been going around for a while. It's just having an outbreak right now. But we already knew about that. And then with the earthquake, it was like the earthquake hit like 14 minutes ago before before they, they even got here whatever yeah and so it was like there were reasons to believe that those two might have just been coincidences but then they turn it on the third time and it's like literally every single plane in the world is falling out of the sky yeah it's <laughs> fucking weird and it's know. like okay well obviously this one like the movie's just throwing it in your face that they are telling the truth not now like there's no way to spin that to make it seem like these are crazy people anymore right Right. And I, I, and I don't know if that's like a perk to the movie or if that's just a flaw or if they just got lazy and were like, all right, now we're, we're going to start focusing on, I don't know what they were wanting to focus on something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not a big fan of that scene either. I think the most realistic one was the earthquake. How do you feel about the ending? The ending of the burning house, the CGI being terrible and then everything just stopped dying and they were at a diner and they just rode off to the distance. Yeah, it just like I don't know why the so ending bad. took so long. Like it like it, the climax happened and there's like the big choice and he has to shoot his husband and yeah. then he like goes and climbs up into the treehouse and they're sitting there and it's like a sad moment and I'm like I feel like that would have been enough if you're just like yeah, they did right. it and then But then like, they had to show them walking out of the the fucking Yeah, and woods, then they go the and find the burning. truck and then they find all the stuff in the back seat and they're like, "Oh, that person did have a son. Oh, this person was right. a teacher." Oh I was my like, God. "Why? Why did we have to do all of that?" Uh, yeah, and then they go to the diner and then they listen to more news and the lady's on her phone and then they get back into the car and drive off. Like, come on. It was a lot. I, yeah, did not like it. Was it was just it was just dumb. Like, that's the type of ending that just pisses me off, right? Like, there are certain ways that you can elegantly end a movie, and then there's overkill, right? And in my yeah, opinion, that was an overkill. Like, it felt like it wasn't like, a, uh, uh, like, it felt like it, it could have ended with, like, boom, big moment, big emotions, and then, like, maybe give it, like, 
10 seconds of them like sitting in the treehouse and that's your like calm down but if you take that calm down moment and stretch it out for another 15 minutes then it just feels like you're just like slowly dying off and it's just like such a such a bleh like there's no there's no emotion leaving the movie right i I think there were only two things in my mind obviously because i'm not like a big fan but i do think that the lighting they chose was very interesting and it like it brought the mood across well yeah um i think the lighting in this movie was done very well i would also say that what's the other thing well maybe that's it all right yeah maybe that's it um but okay so the song that kept playing in the car like when they arrived there the song played and when they left the song played didn't that song wasn't that song used in one of the avengers movies uh honestly i don't even remember what song it was Uh, i don't remember either but when i heard that i was like i'm pretty sure they played this song with like groot and i hope that's avengers fuck that's Uh, uh, guardians of the galaxy Uh, yeah yeah that in like the guardians of the galaxy i'm pretty sure they played that in like one of the ship scenes where they were like all like jamming out Uh, it's definitely possible yeah but honestly yeah i think the lighting is like a good thing that they did in the movie yeah um yeah that's really all i can think of yeah it was just it was very <laughs> strange and there was i oh i one more one yeah, more yeah. sorry i i do like though the twist at the beginning where they killed rupert okay i i, I do like i i like that twist right when that happened i was like oh wow like, oh, yeah i guess you, you like because they make it clear off the bat they're like we're not gonna hurt you you have to make this decision for yourself we can't make it for you blah 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 but right. you don't really expect them to start killing each other until it happens yeah yeah like he put that white thing over his head and i was like huh so like is he gonna suffocate himself i was a bit confused like why that needed to be there yeah um but then the fucking axis came down and just chopped his head and i guess like why do you think they they put the the head thing on just so that they didn't have to deal with facial expressions or the cgi of like it going into the head that kind of thing i don't know i guess it, like from a story perspective i guess it would just be so like yeah so you don't have to like see a dead person's face mm, okay i feel though the like that took away from the legitness of it you know like i think he went back out there to look for the dead body of him and then his wallet to make sure that he was maybe even dead because i think he he believed like because he was the guy that bullied him once at the bar and beat him up yeah that this was just like a sick scheme and like he wasn't really dead. I don't know. But. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get that impression, I think, because he even mentioned earlier. He was like, go check his wallet, go check his wallet. And they were like, no, we're not going to do that. So I think he for for me, at least, it seemed like he was just going out to get the wallet. Uh, OK, OK. And I mean, but at that point, it was too late. Like that was one of those other things where like he was like, look, see, I told you it was just because we're gay. He was the person that attacked us at the bar. But I'm like, bro, at this point, it, we've already seen literally a hundred planes fall out of the sky like yeah there's no rationalizing what happened anymore right right do you have any uh plus sides to the movie um i mean yeah I'm, i've mentioned a couple i like like i said i like the fact that uh, i liked the format I mean, of jumping yeah. back and forth between the, the cabin and the flashbacks i liked a lot of the actors did a good job um i liked mm-hmm. that it wasn't very bloody because i don't like gory stuff I got you. Yeah, no, I would um, agree with all that. I just think it was a poor movie overall, maybe. Yeah, it wasn't. Or maybe I'm it, just like that guy that's just like fucking hell to all scary movies, aka thrillers. and all I that mean, that, that I, I'm sure that definitely uh, affects it. But even as someone who yeah. like 
from time to time I can enjoy a scary movie, but this one just like wasn't it just was didn't live up to what I was thinking in my head, I think. Gotcha. That's fair. Um but yeah, I, let's go ahead and move on to some trivia. Let's do it. Um I don't have a whole lot here. Um but M Night Shyamalan decided to cast Dave Bautista after being impressed with his performance in Blade Runner 2049. Wait, say that again? In Blade Runner 2049, he was impressed with his performance, so he took him? Yeah. Have you, have you seen you've seen Blade Runner 2049? I haven't, no. Um Dave Bautista is in is in that movie as well and I I think he also does a really good job in that one. Okay, okay. Cool. Um uh I I don't know if you noticed during the uh the opening credits but this uh this movie was based on a book and uh it, it's called uh The Cabin at the End of the World. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Um and the book is from I looked up because, you know, there's always like, um, oh, you can find those websites just like what's different between the book and the movie, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I looked at some of those and I got to say not to be super stereotypical, but I think I would have liked the book better. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like an obvious thing, no? Um, it's like typical. No, but it's like it's not even like because, you know, there are some people who are like, oh, the book is better. But it's like just because they had time to do more. Like when you compare like the like the Harry Potter books to the movies, like obviously you're going to be able to have like way more characters and way more details in a book than in like a two hour movie. Like the two uh, hours is not yeah. that much time. For sure. Yeah. Um, But this wasn't like a more information kind of a better. This is like the story was different kind of a better. Mm, so okay, in, the, okay, okay. in the book, um, they really do like they do not ever reveal whether the people were crazy or not really um and so it's the similar for the the first half where um they like the they kill the first two people and it's the the earthquake and the disease but then after Mm -hmm. that um the uh is when andrew uh like goes to grab his gun and there's like a struggle and then while they're fighting over the gun the gun goes off and when accidentally gets shot Oh, and so the, the little okay. girl dies in the middle of the movie and then they start arguing well like there we go someone's died and then leonard is like no, it's like you didn't because, make that choice yeah like she wasn't yeah. a willing sacrifice so that doesn't count oh and, man yeah and so then um i want to say adrian um at some point kills leonard and and helps the the family like escape or I guess not the family anymore, but that helps the couple escape. Um, and she's like, I just so you know, like you still have time to make a choice. Um, and I hope you make the right one or something like that. And then she kills herself. No way. And then because the, the couple decides that they're like, even if, even if they are telling the truth, I, I refuse to obey a God that wouldn't accept our daughter's sacrifice as being enough like if if our daughter dying wasn't enough then i don't care let the world end i'm not gonna do what you're telling me to do (laughs) fuck it bro fuck it damn that's crazy yeah and it also is like like i was complaining about earlier with the like hundreds of thousands of planes falling out of the sky i think in the book it's only like six or seven and so it's like a lot easier for them to be like they're like see on the news and they're like uh there's like some some chatter about like uh, some people maybe they're theorizing that maybe some people had like hacked into 
like the uh, navigation systems or something like that. And it was like just yeah. a global terrorist attack. And but I feel at the like same time, it's like, no, I know. I because I, I feel like if it was like one or two, then it's like, oh, well, like obviously planes don't fall out of the sky all the time. Planes are extremely safe. But if it was just one or two, you'd be like that. That's just a coincidence that could happen for any reason. Seven is like, I think, right on the line where it's like, was this some other event or was this because of these people? And I think oh, okay. uh, it, it's like it still seven's a good number for being able to go either way whereas in the movie it's like they flip through like five different channels and every <laughs> single channel there's like six planes falling out of the sky at the same time i'm like right. this is this is too many a lot yeah, yeah i just okay, I, think I like the, that more the book handled it a little bit better they kept it a little more in the middle instead of leaning one way or the other i mean do you think maybe the movie wanted to do that and then I also like yeah. because no, I don't think the movie was trying to do that at all, because even they very obviously made it so that the people were telling the truth. And then they very obviously uh. made it like after he shot his husband, everything calmed down and stopped. But in the book, it's like you don't know whether anything is going to stop or when whether anything even happened at all. Like their daughter dies, right. the other four people die and kill themselves. And then the, the couple just drives off and then that's it. And it's like, well. Either they oh. drive off and the world's about to end or they drive off and nothing happens because these people are crazy and you just don't know. Huh. Interesting. I just I feel like I'm I don't always like open ended things like that, but I feel like that it could have been a really good open ended movie and they just decided to give it a definitive answer. And I wasn't a big fan of that. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah valid point um but yeah that's uh that's all the trivia i got good no that, that was nice i you know i uh, overall i would not personally i don't recommend watching this movie um yeah i think you, you can probably skip this one definitely you, you could you can skip it unless you like the actors in it and you want to see what kind of dynamic it is what the movie is like an hour and 40 minutes long or something or like that just like just watch just watch the first half and then just, just stop because yeah. <laughs> the, the second half i feel like is where most of my problems were i agree with that yeah it started off super strong and then it just kind of got over overdone over i don't know over exaggerated yeah but yeah that was that all right well then let's get wrecked let's do it um i i had something and i forgot to write it down and now i'm struggling give me a second no worries Damn, I really don't remember. It was it was yesterday. Yesterday, I, I like thought of something. I was like, oh, shit, I should like save this for my recommendation. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, while you're thinking, I will go ahead and do mine. Yeah, go for um, it. I'm not I'm not sure how many of you guys people out there play volleyball or whatnot, but I know how hard it is sometimes to pick a ball. Right. There is a very good it's it's a beach ball, but you can use it for grass and and or sand. And it is the Miramar, M-I-R-A-M-A-R. It's the King of the Beach Volleyball by Mika Sass, M-A-K-A-S-A. Um, highly recommend that ball. It is what we play with all the time here. And that's probably the ball you should buy. It's If it's not, not on sale, it's like $55. But if it is, then it's like 38 So check it okay. out if I you like it. volleyball. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. I've never purchased a volleyball. Every time I play volleyball, it's either like at uh like at a sports center where they just have a bunch of them or someone else has one yeah yeah that's usually how it goes well, i think maybe once i've bought like a like a cheap volleyball just like at like when we went when elaine and i went to florida we were like oh we should get a volleyball just to like toss around the beach and we just like stopped by yeah. 
like a convenience store and got awesome. one of those like rainbow volleyballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The good ones. Um, my recommendation for this week is going to be um a a book called The Anthropocene Reviewed, uh, which was written by uh John Green. And it it actually there is a a podcast about it. It's uh John is so it's a it's a review podcast and a review book but uh the the anthropocene uh is a term for the era in which uh the majority of like the state of the world is determined by humans it's like the 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 age at which we as humans have uh more control over the world than we did previously interesting yeah it says here it's essays on a human-centered planet yeah interesting you read that uh i'm still reading it i actually purchased it when it came out i i have a a signed copy um very cool but i'm i'm a very slow reader but uh i read two chapters the other day and both of them made me cry it he john green is a, a beautiful writer and uh would highly suggest picking up a copy of the book uh or i mean you can listen to the podcast for free if you want to get uh get a little taste of it the book has yeah. more reviews than the podcast does but yeah the book's 4.7 stars and or 4.5 on google yeah and then there's 304 pages um yeah this looks pretty cool but uh it's a great read how'd you get on it uh i follow the the green brothers on all of the different mm. things that they do they have several podcasts that i listen to like three or four different podcasts um they uh hank green uh makes a lot of funny like instagram reels and tiktoks and things like that um they also run uh a educational uh like company that does a lot of uh, educational youtube videos they do like um uh sci show and um they have one uh that is it's like um i forget what it's called now it's a oh, crash course um where they have like i like so many different playlists of like you can do like crash course astronomy crash course greek mythology crash course physics and just like any topic Damn. you can think of and they'll have a playlist of like 50 different videos where they just like go through and basically like teach you all of the broad concepts like they don't really get down into like you're not doing like formulas or anything like that but they'll really help you like understand the topic yeah yeah. um but yeah they have they have stuff going on everywhere they it's like a a whole business um but uh yeah hank green i think does more on the like social media side uh john uh i guess is more well known for his writing because he also did like um uh his book he he has many books out uh just off the top of my head he has one called turtles all the way down um <laughs> he has uh he he wrote the fault in our stars which obviously got adapted into a, a fairly popular movie yeah. um I don't, did you have you ever seen the fault in our stars i think i have yes yeah that's back, uh, uh... based off of a john green novel so okay very cool yeah i can tell you're a fan yeah i i really like almost everything that they do they're they're great that's awesome well good um yeah 
So that out of the way, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Tell your friends and family about us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CashFanPod. If you want to send us a message, you can do so on either of those platforms, or you can send an email to CasualFanaticPodcast at gmail.com. Links for all of those will be in the description of this episode. Luca, can you tell them what kind of messages they can send us? Give us basically reviews of what you thought of the movie, or if you, after you heard about, you know, what we were going to be listening to, you watched it and you have your own ideas. Let us know. Um, definitely tell your friends and family. Um, we want to hear what they want to hear I, as well. If there's a specific movie that you love, let us know and we will do it for you. What's the next movie so they can prepare? Uh, yeah. So I think uh, next week uh, we are going to, if you're up for a, another visit to the movie theater. Um, okay. I think we're going to talk about Renfield. Renfield. Okay. Don't know what that is. Sounds very. It's, uh, it's got. Um, intriguing. The Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Holt. And it's a, huh. a a movie about Dracula's assistant trying to not work for Dracula anymore. <laughs> that sounds like a funny one. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, then this has been Casual Fanatic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.